Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome to the show, Lawson. I, I'm, I'm stoked to be here, Lyle. I am just positively pumped. Positively pumped for the day. Lawson, of course, filling in for Mon while she's away. And Mon will be back with us in about uh, two weeks' time, uh, visiting family in Germany and also going to a wedding. Mm. Lucky her, man. Absolutely. So what are you thankful for this morning? I am extremely thankful for the cool of tone of, tone of weather today, um, that, that I'm not sweating like crazy. Um, and that and it's of course, there's a lot of people out there thinking, what on earth is he talking about? It is blazing hot. Well, if you are thinking that it is blazing hot right now, rather than being cool, then that is because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. This is the delayed, delayed broadcast introduction. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool day when we recorded it, but yeah. now it's probably hot. It's probably blistering at the moment. So, yeah. So, if you want to uh, get back to the cooler day, then, uh, well, too late. It's gone. <laughs> but if you want to listen to the live show then you can do that. You can flick over to the live show right now. And by doing so, you can participate in the quiz and call in and have your say and participate in everything that's happening. And uh, the live show, of course, is available at faithfm.com.au, which is actually a better way to listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. We sure. all need to be moving across to the digital radio format, uh, faithfm.com.au, or by using the TuneIn app on your mm-hmm. mobile device. Make sure you get the free version, and you will be able to listen to Faith FM anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. That's it. Wherever you've got a data service signal, you will be listening to it. And if, you don't have to worry about the signal dropping out or going scratchy or fuzzy mm. or anything like that. And simply run it through the stereo of your car, and you'll be in fine shape. Okay, so what have we got coming up on today's show? We know all about it because we've already done it. Yeah, so we've got some amazing hitchhiker stories. Uh, we've got some incredible uh, Royal yeah, Commission I gotta say, news. i got to say, this hitchhiker story is truly off the charts. Yeah, this is pretty, pretty <laughs> legit. And it happened to Lawson. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something else. Um, well, we're talking about um, we're talking about good news coming out of the Roman Catholic Church as a result of the Royal Commission. Yeah, so to not good often, stuff. Not often yeah. that uh, those two uh, good news and Royal Commission are used in the same sentence, but they certainly are today. Something mm. that we've been uh, campaigning for here on Faith FM. That um, yeah. Good news right there. So that's coming up. And, of course, we have an interview with Baron Neustratton, who's bringing his expertise on the book of Genesis. We have uh, Encounter with God, where Paul, of course, is in trouble, as he always is. But right now, stay tuned. We've got some great music. Well, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing 
melody that he gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. Back everybody, that was Daniel Martin Moore with In the Garden here on a bright and sunny Monday morning. Well, it is, provided you're listening to the live show and you're in Newcastle. <laughs> if you listen to the delayed broadcast, of course, if you want to listen to the live, if it's not Monday, you're listening to the delayed broadcast and you need to get with the program and switch over to faithfm.com.au where you'll get a perfect signal anywhere and uh, listen to the live show. But anyway, Lawson, what have we got for our first clue for the quiz of the day? Okay, this is this is actually a good quiz. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped on it because it's a little bit little bit off the wall, but this is a what am I quiz. Mm-hmm. And the first clue is, by this type of covenant, God gave kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I'm going to mull over that one while you share your... Positively different news with us this morning. Okay, just yes. Going to mull on that for a bit and just going to chew on it, think about it. it. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. Anyway, today yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to have a crack, but I'm not going to have it quite yet. So there's, there's 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 two prizes available for anyone who can get the correct answer to that quiz before I do. I actually heard a sermon about this recently, so I'm oh, like, so you know the answer. So I knew the answer as soon as I picked it up. I was like, ah, here we go. So there you go. Yeah. Anyways. Today, in positive news, usually I would be sharing news from around the world, but I have some positive news of some positive things that I've experienced over the weekend. I've actually got an amazing story to share. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... Bring it on. Let, let me... What let, happened to you, Lord? Let me set the scene. Well, okay, the overarching story is this is an amazing hitchhiker story. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me set the scene. It's a Saturday night. Um, that day was the was the Sabbath, so I spent that day. I um, I'm the worship leader at the church that I work for, RTM, and you know we're playing songs and singing. And uh, Matt Parra preached, and it was amazing. And lunch was good. Is it Raymond Terrace? Raymond Terrace. Raymond yes. Terrace Mission. If you, if you guys are interested, come out. We meet up every weekend at 15 Carmichael Street. Um, in Raymond Terrace, hit us up because it's always amazing. Um, they might sound a little bit biased, but I'm look, I'm just being honest. Like it's a good time. I had an awesome Sabbath, um, just good day. And then after that, we went uh, that Saturday night. We went bowling. 
Um, and it was just an awesome church function. Um, I only ended up scoring 15, uh, 14 points. And the reason is because I did every single shot between my legs because I wanted to replicate something that I, I did a little bit earlier in the year, which is I bowled through my legs and I got a strike. And so I spent the whole game bowling through <laughs> my legs. And I think my best thing, the best thing I got, I got mostly gutter balls, but I did hit, I did hit a six in one of my bowls. So I was, I was pretty chuffed with that. <laughs> Dude, I just sandbagged myself because I suck at bowling. Like it is not my sport. But anyways, after we finished bowling, just awesome time. I uh, get in the car and I'm. I was actually heading to your son's house. We, I, I was going over there to watch a movie because we he'd come bowling with us. Mm-hmm. And I was heading over there to watch a movie with uh, with Emery and and Caleb and those guys. And I'm driving down the road and I see this hitchhiker in the side of the road. Um, but this is in like an 80 zone. I was going way too fast to like stop in time to pick him up because it was really dark. Um, but I just felt convicted from the Holy Spirit. Like pick this guy up. Um, so I found a side street. Did a sort of uh, a loop, uh, Yui, and I had this like just yeah, this feeling that you know yeah, this is going to be a good thing. So I was just praying like, Lord, keep me safe, <laughs> help this to just be a fruitful experience. Um, yeah, just just keep me in your guidance. And I've sort of done a loop around and then pull back in and uh, pick this guy up. And he gets in the car and he's uh, you know a, I wouldn't say an older gentleman. He's probably about about around forty. Um, and yeah, he's got his stuff and he's hitchhiking and, you know, I say, oh, where, where are you heading? And he's like, oh, I need to get to the, to the next train station because my train's been cancelled. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's all good. I can take you there. It's a little bit out of the way for me, like an extra 10, 15 minutes on my journey. But I was like, oh, sweet. Like we can go there. Anyway, I, um, I'm driving the car and I, I like yawned or something. And he asked me, he's like, oh, you know, long, long day in the office. And I was like, oh, yeah, you could say that. I am actually, um, I work for a, a local Adventist church and we had church today and uh, I was, you know, playing guitar and, you know, just went bowling and stuff. So I'm a little bit tired. And, and it was hot. So and it, you would have been And fresh. it was hot. Yeah, I was. I was Lawson, yeah. Lawson just melts when it, when it gets above like 20 degrees. Dude, I am a glow worm, man. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not about it. But anyways, yeah. So I'm driving this guy and he's like, no way. You know what? I was actually in an Adventist church today in Coffs Harbour and I've been reading the Bible um, for a while now and I've been convicted that I needed to get baptised. So I walked into an Adventist church in Coffs Harbour and asked them if they could baptise me. And I was I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Like, I want to get baptised and I want to follow God and I just have this conviction on my heart. You know, I read the Bible um, a while ago and I made a vow to God that I wanted to do what he wanted for my life and I've been convicted that it's baptism. And, uh, you know, I just walked into the Adventist church and they said, yeah, we'll baptise you. And so we just started talking about God and faith and he was telling me his story of um, being someone who, who wasn't necessarily a believer and then and coming to belief. And I shared with him a little bit of my story, you know, the mm-hmm. same, how, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I grew up a non-believer and then God worked powerfully in my life to, to bring me to a point now um, that, you know, I'm working for him and living for him and stuff. I mean, it was just, 
it was just awesome. And I guess something else that I shared. Divine appointment, right? There is a yeah. reason why you turned your car around. Yeah. And think about how many of these kinds of opportunities we miss. You know, how many times have, sure. you, have you driven past, you know, a hitchhiker on the side of the road and thought, oh, I should have stopped and picked him up, but I'm past him now. Dude. Or somebody that's broken down or somebody, you know, that you could help out just randomly. You know, so many opportunities we have to randomly help people out that, you know, so often we sort of go away, feel like, well, that was kind of a nothing experience. But, you know, here you've got to had an opportunity God has used that opportunity you've listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit spun the car around and uh, and you are now a part of this 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 young fellow's story because you think about it from his perspective on the day that he goes to an Adventist church asks for um, baptism you're the guy that picks him up well, dude it gets even more hectic so check this out I'm, I'm driving with the guy and I, I can tell like you know he, he had been reading his bible but he didn't really have that faith community so I was just sharing with him like the importance of of going to church and also the importance of doing bible studies I was like hey man like we should get in touch or, or you should find some because he was heading down to Sydney for a couple of weeks he sort of travels around and does odd jobs and I was like yeah just get in touch with your Adventist church and just um, meet people who can, you know, just teach you more about the Bible and you can have a faith community and, and be be involved with because, you know, God's given us the church so we can bear each other's burdens, support each other and, and grow in knowledge and, and strength. Um, and he's like, yeah, for sure. Anyway, I get to the train station and uh, we exchange details. I'm like, hey, when you come back through, you know, we should hang out and stuff. He's like, yeah, for sure. And I plugged the radio. I was like, listen to me on Faith FM. So if you're listening, um, Glenn, if you're listening, call us up. We'd yeah, love to hear. Right there. But dude, it gets even crazier, right? So I drop him off um, and I was pretty hyped on this experience. So I was like, man, this is so crazy. And uh, I ring up my, my co-workers who I was just with bowling, um, you know, being uh, my co-workers, Rochelle and Nyla and Tom, they're just amazing people. I ring them up and I'm telling them this story about this guy. Um, and they're like, oh, that's so amazing. And I, but I finished telling them the story. I'm like, yeah. Um, and, you know, the reason I picked him up is because his train got canceled. He actually said to me um, that, oh, man, I think my train was canceled for a reason. Um, maybe it was to, to meet you and, and get in touch with you, and which was awesome. And they were like, Lawson, no way. We're heading down to Sydney and our train got cancelled. So we're on the way to another train station now to get on a train to go down to Sydney tonight. And I'm like, that's insane. Maybe you'll see him. So I just give him like a brief description. I'm like, yeah, he's tallish, clean shaven, longer hair, peak cap. Like you won't miss him. Um, just try and find him. And they're like, okay. And I remember like praying. Before I called these guys up, I was praying. I was like, God, please get this guy connected with people who can strengthen him in his spiritual journey, people who he can study the Bible with so that he can just feel like he's he's really part of um, like God's family. Because I we all are, no matter mm. where we are or, or, or what circumstance we, is, we are in. But it's good to just have those people around you. And anyway, they get on the train and they find the guy. No way. It's like insane. They find this guy on the train and they're like, oh, what do we do? So they just turn to him and they're like, do you want to study the Bible with us? And he's like, yeah, okay. So, you know, they start talking about life and and he told them like, yeah, some guy picked me up. His name was Lawson and he was an Adventist too. And they were like, no way, we work with Lawson. (laughs) And it was just like perfect and amazing. And they ended up, um, Rochelle... Uh, who was on the train with Nyla and Rochelle were on the train and Rochelle got off in Central Coast, but Nyla was on the train. She was going to Sydney Airport. So she was on the train with the guy for two hours, like studying the Bible. And, um, you know, they exchanged contact 
details as well. And when he comes back through um, in a couple of weeks, you know, we're going to get in touch with him and hang out. And like, I'd really love to go up and, and witness his baptism. But yeah, it was just an amazing experience. Where God That's works. a fantastic experience. That is a divine appointment right there. And, uh, you know, God is, is, is really calling on this guy's life. Mm, There's for no sure. question about that. I've been a poor man and I've been a king I've had my life and the world on a string I've traveled many roads But I'm so far from done I have been hopeless and I've had my faith Some things I've lost and some things I have saved All of these moments showed me the way that I've gone Jack Reese, day to feel alive here on Faith FM. What a day to feel alive it is. Of course, it is Monday, the 17th of September, provided you're listening to the live show, not the delayed broadcast. But good news coming out of the Roman Catholic Church this morning mm-hmm. in relationship to the Royal Commission. Not often that you get good news and <laughs> Royal Commission in the same sentence. Yeah. But the uh, National Council of Priests um, is pushing for marriage. Um, in the wake of the Royal Commission, to be allowed amongst the uh, amongst the priesthood. Oh, amazing! And so they are asking the bishops to um, take this to the Vatican. They believe that this is something that is achievable, 
and it's practical and it's, that it's a good idea and something in the direction that we need to be heading, which I think is great because, you know, I've been pushing for this on Faith FM for, you know, a number of, uh, you know, months now, you know, since some of the really heavy stuff out of the Royal Commission has been coming through. Mm. This is an issue that I've been highlighting here. And, you know, some people have been giving me a hard time and saying, look, it's never going to happen. Just give up and move on. Talk mm. about something else. Never going to happen. And here you can see that the Australian Catholic priests, they believe it can happen. If they believe it can happen, and I think we've probably, with Pope Francis, got the best opportunity for this to happen that we've ever had before. And uh, it's about time that, you know, they came into the modern era and uh, recognized that, you know, some of these things that are unbiblical yeah. have actually been doing damage. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the biggest point. It's like the the unbiblicalness of it. It's It's a tradition. It's not something that's founded in the Bible. It's like... So it's easy to get yeah. rid of. And, and what, <laughs> what they've highlighted, they're basically um, they've said that celibacy is an unattainable idea. Mm. And so what it does is it leads to a culture of secrecy and hypocrisy. Yeah. And when people become, you know, when people start to live with secrecy and hypocrisy, it becomes easier and easier and easier to just to live a double life. Mm. And then because it's easy to live a double life, then, of course, if that moves into the area of abusing children, mm. um, then it, it, it basically sets it up and opens the door for it. Whereas if you're just open and honest all the time and if you're in a marriage relationship um, with somebody that you love, then, you know, a lot of these problems are not going to going to take place. And we've seen the, you know, the massive over-representation of um, child abuse amongst Catholic clergy. And these guys, the priests are actually... Standing up and saying, you know what, the Royal Commission has highlighted this and it's time we did something about it. And I just congratulate them for it. Yeah, amazing. So this, of course, was one of the key recommendations of the uh, Royal Commission. Um, it does go in the fly in the face of the Australian Bishops' Conference mm. um, who rejected the, uh, t- the two recommendations of the Royal Commission, uh, one to get rid of celibacy and the other to... Um, uh, was to uh, get rid of the confessional, yeah, and make uh, and make priests mandatory reporters. But um, and and they've stated in response to this, this is a long-established and positive practice. I'm kind of wondering what's so positive positive about celibacy. Yeah, you know, isn't the majority of the world trying not to be celibate? I, I don't get what it makes no yeah. sense to me at all. What what do you actually gain from this? Why is why is this a good thing? Um, and of course, you know, stating that celibacy is a positive practice is you know it kind of places an implication that there's something wrong with sex. Yeah, which is like again, we can go back to the argument of of it being. Unbiblical, because, you know, the, the Bible promotes sex um, in its right form. The Bible promotes, you know, uh, being a man with a family. The Bible promotes all these amazing things. that Being a wife with a family. Yeah, yeah all being that. a wife with a family. I mean, yeah. in fact, it says, like, that a, that a bishop should be the, the husband of one wife. That's what the Bible says. How do you fulfill what the Bible says yeah. to be a and bishop when, uh, when, you can't even, when you're not even allowed to be married? Yeah, we can see the negative ramifications of that through this royal commission, um, everything that's happening in the Catholic Church. So hopefully that, yeah. that gets... And so the priests have stated this. They say, we have the opportunity to become a new, more humble and forgiving church. It's an opportunity we don't want to miss. We're urging bishops to be open to the lessons of the royal commission. That's a, that's a really good mm. comment. Oh, man, I, I just absolutely stand with these guys. This is a fantastic move, and uh, I'm just so happy to, to, to see it taking place 
And uh, this is something that we actually need to pray about because we need oh, to pray that sure. this moves forward because it would be just a tremendous reform, um, be life-changing. Mm. Um, it goes on, he's in, uh, talking about Pope Francis, they say he's encouraged, you know, and, and his leadership as a servant, a servant model le- leader. He's encouraging our bishops to be servants of the people, they state. We're hoping the bishops will listen to the priests and the people because the genie's out of the bottle now. Mm. The, the, the Royal Commission let the genie out of, uh, on celibacy completely out of the bottle. That's been one of the great benefits of the Royal Commission, they go on to say. People are no longer afraid to speak up and the bishops and the priests have to listen. And they're basically saying, we're listening, we're, 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 we're speaking up and this is something that uh, that needs to go forward. And of course, the other thing that they're highlighting is that you know they they do struggle finding, um, particularly here in Australia and in Western countries, people who are um, will stay in the priesthood because so many priests you know they fall in love, and they get married, and so they have to leave the priesthood. And they're like, well, let's bring these guys back. Mm. You know, they've got so much that they can offer. And I think that you know a priest who is married has so much more to offer than one who is not, because simply because they can you know they can talk about relationships from experience. Yeah, you know when I'm talking to young couples that are preparing for marriage, you know, um, love to do it shell and myself together, and we just you know we can share our experiences. Mm. Which is a, which is a massive blessing. Like it's uh, as someone who's leading a church, it should. It should be like that, that the, that the leaders, the representative of that church should be able to speak into people's lives and give yeah, them advice. that's right, and, and be qualified through their own experience to do so. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a fantastic move. I really, really hope that this goes forward um, mm. just in, incredibly powerfully. But, uh, yeah, moving on in other news, other news, we have a, uh, a 5.6 um, on the Richter scale um, earthquake mm-hmm. hitting Western Australia, Walpole, Western Australia. Um, and last Wednesday, of course, they had a 3.5. So 5.6 is a fairly decent earthquake Dude, for that's Australia. A, that's a legit earthquake. Yeah. Especially being in the middle of a, you know, we're in the middle of a tectonic plate. So it's like we, we don't get earthquakes often. You weren't, you weren't around when the, when the 5.6 hit uh, Newcastle, were no, you? No, no. Back in 1989, killed, uh, what was it, 13 people, injured 160 and caused $4 billion worth of damage. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Uh, apparently, Walpole, there's not a lot of people there, a lot of population, so they've mm. had some cracks in walls and, and that was about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's an interesting to see what is happening in our world. And uh, so we've got earthquake hitting in Western Australia, or two earthquakes hitting in Western Australia. Um, we've got uh, Cyclone Mank Cut which has left uh, at least 100 dead in the Philippines, yeah. which is ripping through China right now. And then you've got Tropical Storm Florence, which is only a Category 1. Yeah. And you think, that's not blowing very hard. But it is dumping nearly a metre of water every 24 hours, and it's not moving. It's mm. just sitting there and just dumping massive amounts of water. Dude, yeah. So uh, we live in an interesting world. It's interesting what the Bible says about this because, you know, someone was asking me, you know, does the Bible talk about, you know, cyclones as a sign of the times because we're familiar with the famous verse in Matthew 24, you know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences or diseases and earthquakes. Luke gives an account. This is interesting. Luke gives an account of that same sermon by Jesus Christ. Mm. He adds a little detail that Matthew leaves out. Uh, he talks about signs, and this is uh, Luke 21, verse 25. He talks about you know signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, as Matthew does. Then he goes on. Um, 
and talks about distress of nations. That kind of counts for wars and rumors of wars. Uh, then he goes on with perplexity. In other words, they're going to be completely perplexed, like how do we solve this situation? He finishes up this little section by talking about the sea and the waves roaring. Mm. And so, uh, yes, that's <coughs> an increase in uh, the level and intensity of and frequency of cyclones and hurricanes mm. is definitely a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. Yeah, and it's amazing, like, for me, doing my own research as someone who who teaches Bible and has to be biblically astute to to be able to to share good information with people, it's like this is happening right before our eyes. Um, I'm seeing more and more. There's this. There's been just these massive increase in in earthquakes, in cyclones, and everything. And to see like Florence is it's just it's just another drop in the bucket of uh, that that eventually yeah, is going like, to open uh, overflow right. into the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, and real quick, of course, London Mayor Sadiq Khan is calling for a new referendum on Brexit. Brexit, of course, being a very clear part of a fulfilment of a two and a half thousand year prophecy yeah. that you'll find in Daniel chapter two. And the, it's just fascinating to see all these guys; their brains just completely melting over the fact that England is uh, pulling out of the European Union. And expecting the world to end. But anyway, that's probably a subject for another day. This is Carly Fletcher. When God looked on eternity, He saw you and He saw me. And He said, it's worth the risk to have you in my life. What I want to Be 
was Carly Fletcher with Let There Be here on Faith FM and Lawson what do we got for our next clue for the quiz we, we, we skipped this one in the last one yeah, yeah. so much too many stories to talk about yeah so again this is a what am I quiz mm-hmm. and we already looked at that by this type of covenant God gave the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever but the next clue is after Abimelech son of Jerubal captured Shechem and killed its people, he destroyed the city and sprinkled this all over it. Ooh, you got it yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I've got, I've got an answer I'm going to write down for you in just a moment. But before yeah. we do, we have a uh, special guest on the phone and uh, Barand has been with us before and will be with us again. Uh, Barand Neustraten is a expert on the book of Genesis, particularly the creation story, mm. um, and an expert in Hebrew um, and uh, has put together a number of um, very popular series on this on this subject. Uh, next month, I'm heading up to Queensland to go to the Creation Super Conference. And so between Oof. now and then, we're going to have a bit of an emphasis on the book of uh, Genesis and the creation story. But Barand, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Glad to be with you. Fantastic. And we are glad to have you here again. And uh, we're hoping to make this a, 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 semi, a semi-regular a uh, segment. But... Uh, we're going to just uh, uh, go back to the book of Genesis, Barand. Uh, this is your area of specialty. And um, so I just wanted to ask you some questions and for you to be able to share your knowledge with us in relationship to these first couple of chapters that are so critical to the whole, uh, the whole Bible and the gospel as we understand it today. Um, so starting in the book of the Genesis, let's start, I guess, at the very beginning with the authorship of the book. Yeah, the author uh, is Moses, was Moses, that was traditionally always held and uh, acknowledged by Jesus himself and, of course, taught by the apostles and held by the church Mm -hmm. up until the middle of the 19th century. And uh, has there ever been any um, dispute as to uh, whether Moses wrote it or not in more recent times? Not so much actually the author Lyle, in as much that the period when it was actually uh, written, uh, with high criticism, there were uh, philosophies that perhaps it was a collective uh, book that uh, was taken from different parts, different cultures. And uh, it was only really since the, the, the middle of the 19th centuries that it was, uh, was a questioned in fact. Is there any internal evidence in the book of Genesis and the other five books of Moses, you know, as far as a change in writing style or anything like that that would indicate multiple authors? No, that that's just a remarkable thing. When you look at the Hebrew, it is very consistent uh, that uh, it, had to, it had to have been one author. There's no question about it when you look at it from a linguistic point of view. The, the other remarkable and even more important uh, issue here is that Jesus, on a number of times, did acknowledge the books of Moses, and that being the Pentateuch, the, the first five, mm-hmm. and uh, quoted from it on a number of occasions on a number of issues. Now, my understanding is that 
in the time of Jesus, you you, you had your, your the the Jewish religion was split between say your Pharisees and your Sadducees, but the thing that yeah. they were all united on was the books of Moses. Yeah, yeah that is correct. The Sadducees who rejected uh, the rest of the Bible but upheld, they said, upheld the first five books of Moses. Didn't. Uh, have a quote from the book of Job, which we also believe was written by Moses, maybe even preceding the book of Genesis. But the uh, Sadducees stuck to just the first five books of Moses. Mm-hmm. And that was, of course, shared as all the others of the Jewish composition. Okay, so we've got, we've got these five books here. Genesis, Genesis is a part of these five books. And these five books, I guess, are probably the most well accepted across, you know, three great religions: Judaism, Islam, Christianity. Um, they're the, mo- the universally accepted as, you know, some of the other books of the Bible are, are questioned by some mm-hmm. um, variations, but these ones are just universally accepted across. By and large, Islam has a somewhat different approach, of course, to Genesis, as we know. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the monotheistic uh, religions in the world do accept the, uh, the authorship there of Moses. Okay, so if Moses wrote the book of Genesis, when would he have written it? What period? Yeah, well, the, the year would have been around about in round figures, 1500 BC. The location would have been the wilderness of Midian. Uh, you might recall that he had to flee from Egypt. And between that point and uh, him going back to be the leader of his people, to lead him out of Egypt, uh, was about 40 years. So anywhere during that time, it's generally understood, under inspiration, he wrote uh, the book of Genesis. And, and we suspect that this was the time that he wrote the book of Job as well? Yeah, probably. Probably. Mm, yeah. uh, it's very hard to define, but... Uh, <laughs> That's that's generally accepted. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, so um, just coming back to Jesus' position on Genesis, was Jesus a believer and a teacher of Genesis and the Genesis story? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, uh, he referred uh, when he was discussing uh, uh, with the uh, on that fateful Tuesday before his crucifixion, the following Friday, he was talking about the. Uh, the books of Moses to the Sadducees, and because <clears throat> that was common ground. Then in John, the fifth chapter, he, he in his discussions with the Pharisees, he simply said, well, Moses wrote about me. And then, of course, there was the issue, as we find it in Mark and, 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 uh, and, and Matthew, the issue on divorce, he quoted again from the book of Genesis. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke, the 17th chapter, as in the days of Lot, which obviously is the, the account of Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, in John 8, he again referred to Abram. I mean, he accepted the books of Moses as being written by Moses and as obviously being accurate and inspired. And he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, there's no indication in any of these references to the book of Genesis that the book of Genesis was allegorical or symbolic mm. or anything like that, is there? No, that's the thing. It was very, uh, there's a literal account, and it was never, there was no uh, allegory uh, given at all in the whole account. It would be inconsistent with their, with their writings. Uh, it definitely is regarded as a, was regarded by Jesus, the apostles, the church, 
as an historical and accurate account. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, let's come to the creation story then, because this is the one that is the most debated today, uh, both inside Christianity and outside of Christianity. What yeah. was what was the apostles' um, attitude towards the creation story, Adam and Eve? This this whole um, you know, your first three chapters right there. Um, did they see this as being allegorical or symbolic in any way? Not in any way at all. Not not at all. And that includes the church, the early church, even medieval church. They held it as a as a accurate and, and a literal account. No allegories at all were ever suspected or or, or indicated. Or hinted at. Or hinted at none. Yeah, so I guess um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. I know that um, you know Paul speaks about the uh, Adam and Eve story on many yeah. occasions, and I'm assuming that um, just uh, not immediately coming to mind, but I think some of the other New Testament writers would be as well. And they just sure. they just quote it as you know, it's just 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 a story. This this is what happened, and and uh, and and it's just you know simple history. When when was it that? the Genesis story was first seriously questioned amongst Christians? Yeah, we have to go to the higher criticism, uh, as we know it, at uh, the end of the 1700s, so the end of the 18th century, and that grew. And it was uh, fueled very much, of course, by the book of Charles Darwin, um, the, the, uh, the Origin of Species and the Descent of Man, and that was so well received because there was a, what shall I say, a, a fertile ground uh, where people wanted to get away from the, uh, well, stifling, I suppose, attitude of the medieval church, um, which had come to an end because of the Reformation. But the higher criticism was really the catalyst that really questioned authorship and accuracy of the book of Genesis. Mm. Could you comment just um, briefly, Barand, on what higher criticism is, how it developed? Um, some of our listeners might not be familiar with that term, higher criticism. Yeah, look, higher criticism uh, is actually an historical criticism where people doubted the the accuracy of the Bible. It, it really started, I suppose, uh, if you go back to Copernicus and Galilee, Galileo and Kepler and others, uh, they were so opposed by their uh, finding that the Earth uh, was not really the center of the universe. Of course, they saw our solar system as the universe. And uh, when that was established and the Church had doggedly defended the position of a geocentric universe, that means everything evolves around the Earth, and that was proven wrong, then much of the other teachings from Christianity were also drawn into that. Right. And so then, of course, um, well, you've got 60 years uh, you know, further down the track once you, once yeah. you come past the end of the, 18, uh, end of the 1700s there and, and Darwin comes along with Origin of the Species and, uh, yeah. and it all takes off from there. So really high criticism we could describe as being a movement of doubt based on yeah. some bad uh, information that the church had been putting out, you know, in, in relationship to science, and they found that, you know, some of what the church had been saying was wrong. So therefore, yeah. well, let, then let's question everything. 
That is correct. That is exactly what happened. They started to question. They started to question the, the historical accuracy, obviously, the, the supernatural aspects of the Bible, because there are obviously so many. And uh, <clears throat> they wanted to explain and rationalize all occurrences as they were recorded in the Bible. And if you couldn't do that, it had to be figurative or uh, explained away in some other way. Also, the origins. And I think that's an important point uh, that our other, as you know, if you take the flood account to begin with, uh, you know, you have hundreds of accounts all around the globe. with much in common, by the way, which is remarkable mm. because the cultures were so isolated. So there must have been a story circulating before it was actually put in writing, either by Moses or by others. Yes, and this is something that we're going to get onto further on in this series is the, the tremendous amount of evidence that there is for the Genesis story in the natural world. But, uh, you know, if we just come back to this point very quickly, we've got a couple of minutes left, and I just want to think you know, to, to ask you about this. Um, okay, so the Bible talks about the four corners of the earth, and as a result yeah. of that, you've got uh, people have said, well, you know, clearly the earth is not flat and square, so therefore yeah. uh, the Bible was wrong on this, so is it therefore, you know, is, is this symbolic, and does that mean that Genesis is symbolic as well, Genesis uh, 1, 2, and 3? Is that a fair comparison? No, it's not, because it's an idiomatic uh, expression of global, a global uh, perception and understanding. The four corners of the earth is not indicating a square. It's not literal. It is obviously uh, denoting the, the global aspect of whatever the statement is. Yeah, the four points of the compass. Yeah, correct. Yep. Whereas, um, rather than being in, you, you know, the, the first three chapters of Genesis is, you don't have an idiomatic expression that lasts for three chapters. No, correct. Yeah, that would be unthinkable. Yeah. Okay, so just, um, just, just quickly then, if 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 we were to take the position that Genesis is an allegorical story, how does that affect the gospel message? Yeah, you'd have to question the divinity of Jesus because he quoted on a number of occasions about as per record, and, and he would have quoted many, many, many more times that are perhaps not recorded by the gospel writers. you got to understand that if Jesus was, uh, was incorrect on the status of Moses uh, and the, uh, the status of Genesis, for that matter, then really, who was he? Mm. Could he be the anointed one, the Messiah, the, the, the Messiah, the anointed one? anointed by by what? I mean, if it's uh, the Holy Spirit, because that was understood, then clearly uh, that couldn't be true. And he must have been then uh, an imposter. Mm-hmm. Baron, has been great having you on the show today. You've given us lots of food for thought right there. I look forward to getting you back to talk about the uh, various days of creation, that it's going to be a, uh, a great little series that we're going to go through. And um, at this particular time, we're going to move on uh, with the Statler Brothers, the song, appropriate one right here, In the Beginning. In the beginning, the Lord made the earth, the heavens, the hills, and the seas, then he created the sun and the stars, the land, the fruit, the tree. 
creatures that live in the earth and taught them to live by his plan. Then as he rested, the Lord sanctified the seventh day for man. Molded in the image of his maker, man shall have dominion over all. But because we're nothing, more than human Sometimes we stumble Sometimes we fall In the beginning The world was so bright Perfection was there for all To Faith FM, positively different radio. What kind of man would wash men's feet, get pushed around, then turn the other cheek? I want to be more like Him Every day In every way So little time He took for Himself He was more concerned For everybody else I want to be more like Him As tears of pain fell from his eyes He prayed for those who had him crucified I want to be more like him Oh, 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 I want to be more like Jesus. 
From Pompeii, Jerusalem, the Dead Sea and Egypt, amazing discoveries is coming to Bulleroo. Take a trip through history to uncover what happened in the past, how it affects the present and what it can tell us about the future. Through archaeology and the Bible, join us on this journey of amazing discoveries. Beginning 6.30pm, September 28 at the Bulleroo Adventist Church, this free community series is one you will not want to miss. See Faith FM's Facebook for more information or call Grego on 0435 077 752. We shall sing on that view. 